This is the Yoga Off the Mat podcast, a space you can learn how to deepen your connection with yourself, to live a fulfilled, passionate, and authentic life using the lessons from the mat. I'm your guide, host, and teacher, Amber Hackberg, and I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so that you can embody the practice of yoga and live your yoga on and off the mat. You're listening to Yoga Off the Mat podcast with Amber Hagberg, episode number 32. And I'm really excited to share with you. Over the next couple of months, I'll be having special guests with me from around the world to serve you while I prepare to go on maternity leave, to take time with my son. And I'm usually just creating podcasts around what's alive and what's present for me. And since I don't really know what it's going to be like to be mom, to step into motherhood, or the transition that birth is going to take me through this portal, I'm bringing guests to serve you. Life coaches, business coaches, yoga teachers, and mentors. Today's special guest is Rhea Lynn. She is a traveling nomad, born in Canada, living between the Netherlands and Bali. Get ready to go on a journey with me, with guests from around the world. Be sure to join in every Friday to see who's here for you. And don't worry, it'll always be in alignment with how can you stand out and thrive in your business and life. If you're not already, be sure to follow me on Instagram, at Amber Hagberg to stay connected to the birthing journey and all that motherhood takes me on. You know, I'm an open book. So if any questions come up, if you have any special requests, DM me. I can't wait to keep this open conversation with you and keep us together committed to growing into the best versions of ourselves this year in 2022. Enjoy. Here I have my dear friend, Rhea. And a little backdrop on Rhea and I, we met at, um, I guess I don't know how you call it, but it was some sort of therapy healing program. I can't even remember what it was, but over three years ago, um, and it really changed my life meeting her because I was about to leave two weeks later from Bali and we basically met every day to drink cacao (laughs) and and eat all the vegetarian foods. But before I drop into where we're going with this, I'm going to have Rhea introduce herself and then we'll tell you a little bit more about where we're going from here. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. And I think the course was called Connections, but that was a wild ride and I'm so happy I had you in there. So anyways, I'm Rhea, Rhea Lynn. I am Canadian at heart. I grew up on Vancouver Island. My background is in mental health and addictions in the therapy space. My master's is in occupational therapy. I studied at the University of British Columbia. I had a very, you know, cookie cutter life, got a higher 
high level education, worked in a nine to five, had a well-paying job and left everything to become a women's mentor, a life coach, a nomad, meditation and yoga instructor. And now I live in Bali and support folks all over the world to step into a life that is easeful for them that they want and feel empowered in. Um, so that includes group coaching programs, private coaching, as well as courses and retreats when we're outside of a pandemic. So that is in a nutshell, me, what we can fit into a few words. I love, as Amber was saying, cacao, dark chocolate, matcha lattes, uh, the sunshine, the beach, all of the beautiful, beautiful things that this life has to offer us. Mm, you just gave me goosebumps. Yes, and it was, it was connection. And um, one thing that I definitely got out of being in Bali was deep connection to myself. And I think that's something that connected Rhea and I is this quest to take ourselves off of the beaten path of success and define sex success on our own terms. And so one thing that really um, has stood out to me about Rhea is like her commitment to continuously go back home when it calls her, but also home being Bali at different times. And so Rhea, like, what is it like for you to have a deep connection to your family and also this call to be different, to break the rules and kind of define like success in life on your own? Mm, yeah, at the beginning of my journey, it was really, really challenging. I wish I could paint a different picture and, and make it sound like it was easy and you could just go for your dreams and all of the things. But for me, it was a huge challenge. I had a lot of pressure and, and likely pressure that I put on myself and what my parents were thinking or what everyone else was thinking that you know, I, I should stay in this job, I should stay in this town, I should be a good, you know, all these shoulds, which I now remove from my vocabulary, unless I'm talking in, in, in past tense, where it was just felt like, you know, I was carrying a lot of clothes that were too tight, or I was carrying a lot of backpacks that were really heavy, and I wasn't able to live in this like free expansive way that I knew was possible for me and knew was the direction that I wanted my life to move. And it took a lot of inner work and a lot of, you know, really letting myself feel the feels, feel the guilt, be sad, be disappointed and really dive into all of that. And I, I did a lot of um, courses, and, you know, intensives and, and that were, that was really the common theme that I, I was working through is how do I live my life and not the life that my parents had thought for me or that society had thought for me and you know, really holding the disappointment of, of others and, and what I thought that looked like and meant. And so once I was able to see from less of like a human perspective, but more of like a universal soul, like this might get a little woohoo, but I was able to see, you know, that just because I wasn't physically with my family, or I wasn't physically in this town didn't mean that I wasn't connected to them. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I can just call them on FaceTime, but I'm talking about this deep connection of like, there actually is no separation in all of this. And, and I couldn't, I cognitively knew that, like, I was like, I know we're all connected. You know, I do yoga. I practice these, you know, philosophies, Bhagavad Gita, all the things, but it was a different, um, a different knowing of not just in the cognitive, but like my whole body was like, wow, you know, at the end of this, 
we're all connected. And, and for me, I understand, but my, my family, they might not understand, but you know, once they get to a certain level of their, their journey and consciousness, then, then they'll know, like they'll really know. And, um, I still deal with a lot of worry and guilt and and sadness around like my parents passing away or getting sick. And that's not, that's not at all my lived reality, but it does cross my mind. So I just want to share, like, you know, if you're in a similar position, it's okay that like you haven't removed all of those thoughts or all of those feelings. And just to um, know that you're not alone in that, but it gets easier and it gets way, way more clear that you just have to live your own path. You really have to. And Ah, yeah. I feel like I could talk for hours. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You brought up a lot of really good points. And I think, you know, when we think about our family, like what happens if something happens and I'm not there, that can really take us down the spiral of fear of like something that hasn't even happened yet or is in the process of happening yet. And then it's like, what do I do? Do I go home? Or do I stay where I'm at? And then that has to be a whole nother journey that you take yourself on. And I know that you go back home quite regularly. And do your parents at this point, like feel that deeper connection that you have, regardless of if you're at home or not? And is that getting easier, the like longer that you are living this more nomadic lifestyle? Oh, interesting. I don't think they feel a different connection, but I haven't asked in those specific words. But I go home back to Canada about once a year uh, for at least a month. And sometimes it's longer. And yeah, what do I, how do I want to take this? It's, it's this connection that, oh, actually, sorry, the, the piece that you mentioned around wondering, you know, if they get sick, what am I going to do? It's like, I spent a lot of time future tripping on what am I going to do when this happens? And if this happens and, you know, trying to figure it out with my mind. And then I realized, you know, if I'm living in this present moment and I have all the tools and resources to manage, like what comes up now, like I'll be able to manage what comes up then. And I won't know, like my life will be remarkably different in two years if something happens and I can't plan for every little thing. And the best that I can do is, is just make a decision when it comes and trust that I'll know the answer when it does happen. And having designed my life in a way that, you know, I can hop on a plane at any moment and take my work with me and those sorts of things feels really spacious and free. So there are specific things that I've implemented in my life to be able to, you know, out of the drop of a hat, fly home if I need to. And that makes me feel safe in my decision and my, um, my capacity to, to move around and to your other point around, you know, do I have a deeper connection with them? I struggle with that for a lot of years around wanting like this, you know, being in Bali and having all these deep soul connections. And and with Amber, when I met her, just, you know, being like, wow, you know, we met for 15 minutes and we're already like best friends and talking about our life stories and our traumas and all the things and having just a different expectation level for certain people has really supported me where I was like, I don't need my parents to be everything. I don't need my family to have these deep soul chats with me to feel connected with them and I can meet them where they're where they're at and sometimes that looks like you know watching a hockey game like so Canadian (laughs) ice hockey game and and that being the the connection activity it doesn't have to be talking about what our greatest fears are what our greatest aspirations are in life and and I really had to work around that to be able to feel that that meant connection Mm, I got goosebumps when you mentioned just 
meeting meeting your family where they are and allowing them to meet you where you are because when we have these expectations of what we want our family relationships to be like rather than you know allowing them to be what they are and realizing that like each person the way in which we relate it's going to be different based on how that person is rather than the way in which we see them and I also think like being able to create a life that you can go back home anytime you choose and one thing that when you brought that up that my mind crossed through is like when we were in Bali years before the pandemic existed and you were like you know still doing therapy and working um, here and working there and kind of just exploring how you're going to figure it out and then fast forward to me being in lockdown in India and you being in Canada being like, I'm going to start like this coaching business and I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I'm going to take this leap and I'm going to, you know, hire this coach. And here you are like, you know, two years later with a successful business that you can literally go anywhere in the world, being able to utilize the work that you put into your college degrees and the clients that you've worked with and the places that you've really given your heart and soul. And now you get to create your like offerings in a more like holistic way. What is that Mm -hmm. like being able to really design your life in a way that like, wasn't paved for you and like taking that leap, not knowing it was going to work out. Yeah, I, I love that you just like painted a picture of my life and I'm smiling here being like, wow, so much can happen in two years. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I yeah, I remember chatting with you when you were in India and what a different life that feels like lifetimes ago. So yeah, for for me, when when something becomes like an opening or a path or or a clarity, it's like there's no turning back. It's like it just feels like this uncomfortable tension place that I'm in. And if I don't take the next step, then like, I, it's just like impossible to stay. So I don't know if that's other people's experience. It, it has been in some of my clients, but others are like, no, I'm scared. You know, I can't push through. And um, I think everyone's story is a little bit different, but for me, it's really this, like, I can't stay, like, I can't stay where I'm at. That feels like suffering. (laughs) So the fear of taking the leap and not knowing if it's going to work out actually feels less fearful and and more spacious than actually staying the same. So yeah, I I like to think about this in decision makings when I'm like, yeah, is, is staying the same and staying comfortable actually the path or, or is it leaping into the unknown and doing the terrifying thing, not knowing if it's going to work, but creating a good freaking story along the way (laughs) sometimes I'm like I just live my life for a good story and I actually love that (laughs) um so it it can be this place of like holy shit what am I doing with my life like where am I I don't know where I'm gonna live I don't know you know I, I don't have a house I don't have a car I don't have all of these things and that being like my normal quote and and you know, getting to the place where it's, it's literally life, lifestyle design, like you get to create all of all of the pieces of your life and the puzzle that is you. And I think when I was able to see that it was such an empowering place to be in. And I love to allow my clients to get to that place as well, where it's like, we're not a victim to our circumstances. 
life is not happening to us. It's happening for us. And like, what are the small modifications that need to happen in order to take this next step? And, um, I was just listening to a video testimonial that, that my client shared with me this morning. And she was saying, nothing in my outer life changed. Like my location is the same. My relationship is the same. My work is the same, yet everything changed. So it doesn't have to be this move across the world, leave your job to have a shift inside of you. It can be everything's you know, the same on the outside, but you just feel these minor shifts or major shifts that actually are like you coming back to you and you stepping into this empowerment and realizing that like, this is your life that you've created and, and maybe you love your life and you just need to claim that and own it. Mm. Yeah. And I think when you say design your own life, it doesn't mean that you're design designing the outer, the outer world, right? It's just like, how are you relating, creating that deeper relationship with yourself? And then like, what is that relationship with yourself? And how does that influence the relationship you have with the external world? And the external world can look the exact same, but the way in which you relate to the external world is completely different. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, like, I think, I think about what, what you, when you were like, you just painted my life. I think for me looking, you know, back, like, okay, here I am in Costa Rica watching Rhea, you move from Portugal to Canada to Bali to like, hey, Rhea, where are you going to be next? And it's like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you really do just go with the flow. And it's like, as you trust the flow, you can be in the unknown and, and just be there. Is that something that you work with consistently or is being in the unknown something that is just your new normal? <laughs> it is the new normal. And, and it's, I love the way that you frame this. It's it's really a getting comfortable being in the void because if I, if I think about it too hard, I can get into an anxiety spiral of <laughs> everybody else knows where they're going to live and where they're going to be. And, you know, they don't have an international relationship. And for background, my husband is Dutch. So his family's in the Netherlands. We live in Bali. My family's in Canada. We're across three continents. We travel a heck of a lot. As Amber said, we were in Portugal. We were also in Germany. We were in the Netherlands. We were in America. We were in Canada, like all of the places. And, and that's usually our, our travel, our route of the world um, in one year. <laughs> So I have really practiced and, and grounded into my body that the, the not knowing is just the place before knowing, and it's not a bad place. Like you don't have to immediately get to the knowing of knowing the next step and that, yes, it is, it, it does become normal. It does become your lived experience. It does become this, this thing that's not scary. That is just, um, it's, yeah, it's now my, it's now my lifestyle of, Hey, Ray, can you come to my wedding in June, 2022? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'd love to be there, but I can't commit. Like, is that okay? And then people just getting adjusted to the fact that I have no idea where I'm going to be in the next few months. Yeah. <laughs> you put a smile on my face because it's for you. It's like new normal. Well, actually, no, this is something that is like normal for me because it's my lifestyle and people getting used to, it's like the same thing that I feel like my sister had to get used to. She's like, I'm going to have my wedding in this month, this month, or this month. And I was like, yeah, but like, 
I don't know where I'm going to be. And she's like, but you have to be home for my wedding. You need to be there. And I'm like, yeah, but my life isn't like set up around like knowing where I'm going to be. And I think for you, you, you've been in all of those countries you just mentioned in the last six months. And so it's like what we normalize is based upon what we do and what we like get ourselves used to. And like the first time, you know, that you, I remember seeing a post you did on Instagram about like packing your bag and you're like, I'm going to travel and I'm going to solo travel. And then you met your husband. And so, so like <laughs> life shifted for you. You had this vision, you had this idea of like going on a solo adventure and then falling in love. How do you move through those times where you have this idea, this picture, and then life brings you a surprise? Oh, <laughs> this is really the theme of my life. And I'm glad that you brought this up is I love, believe it or not, I love to plan and I love to know there's this part of me that really is a control freak, is a high achiever, is this perfectionist and wants to know and have everything put together. And so of course, when I, when I met my now husband, I was like, no, <laughs> this was not the plan. And I had intentions to travel all across Southeast Asia. And I ended up not taking my flight to Thailand and just staying in Bali. And yeah, of course now, now moving here quite, quite permanently. And so I, I, I guess I'll come back to this piece around like letting it be a good story, right? If I, if I was like, nope, this, the chapters are, if I was writing a book and I, I know that you, you've written a book and if you were not at all open to changing the chapters, like that would be boring. <laughs> you, you get more information and then you make a decision at, at that point in time when you, when you know, and if I would have denied I, and I tried. <laughs> it's like, we try to deny things. We try to, at least I do, we try to make them occur in a certain way. And, and, you know, really when the universe has another plan for us, like it becomes so apparent and it becomes so clear and we can't really shift out of that anymore. It's like, I, I saw my, my now husband once, and then I kept seeing him again and again and again and again. And then I was like, damn it. <laughs> this is something that I can't deny any longer. And the same with the locations and, and moving around and then, you know, transitioning from therapy into coaching. It's like, I just couldn't operate under that anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't stay in the expectations of what I, what I, I thought that it, it would look like. And yeah, just really being open to the beauty of the change and then seeing it as that, you know, it's not this change is scary. It's this like, wow, what an opportunity and like, what's on the other side for me. And um, yeah, I have quite a few friends that are in a breakup right now. And I, I think it's going around and, and really like seeing them walk themselves through that, like, there's so much beauty on the other side. And of course, we're going to go through all of the, all of these hardships, right. And life transitions. And it's, it's not like how we go through that life transition. It's the skills that we use to walk ourselves through that. And like, that's the medicine that we got to hone in on and keep in our back pocket for when we need it. Mm, you just said so, so many good things there. Um, and I think the one is like, if you arrive to writing your book or to where you thought you were going to go and you're, you're resistant to changing the chapter or changing like what you had envisioned it to be, it's just going to create more suffering, more resistance, and it's going to keep coming up and keep coming up until you're like, okay, I see you. <laughs> what, what, yeah. tools, what tools would you recommend for someone that's like, 
the the message keeps coming the person keeps arriving the shift is ready it needs to happen how do I do it like what are things that have worked for you Hmm. yeah so I I like to to kind of have these things in my head like first it's a whisper and then it's a roar or first it's a a tiny stub toe and then it's a scooter accident it's like the message does get louder so how perceptive can we be to our environment to our circumstances to see what's really going on and get those subtle signs before they become something big so for example I Oh my goodness. I was having an amazing couple months and I had just gotten a new job. This was a few years ago in in Bali. And I, I noticed that I was just so ungrounded and I, I noticed this and then I crashed my scooter anyways. And I got in this huge accident and my body was all, you know, barked up and all the things. And I, I knew exactly in that moment, like this was the lesson, you know, I needed to slow down. I needed to ground. So the universe was like, let's throw her into the ground. So yeah, becoming perceptive to the subtle signs would be like my, my biggest tip. And then surrounding ourselves with people and Amber and I are in a mastermind together, but like surrounding ourselves with people that really get it. Because if we have this feeling of swimming upstream or swimming against the grain or, or going against the grain, I think that's the saying where like, that's going to be hard. That's going to be really freaking hard. But if you're with people that like celebrate you and support you and lift you up, that's so much easier to follow your truth and continue, continue on your own path. And yeah, I'm curious, Amber, what would you say to this question? It's a beautiful question. I think for me, it's, you know, getting uncomfortable doing, you know, doing the uncomfortable thing, getting comfortable doing it. Um, But also it's like exactly what you said. When you don't listen, it just gets louder. Your body's tired and you keep pushing it, you get injured. I always give this example that like, I moved from Colorado to Costa Rica, the Pura Vida lifestyle. And I was like, I'm going to slow down. Like it's the Pura Vida lifestyle. Everyone's slow and tranquilo. And then like, I was busier in Costa Rica than I was in Colorado. And I was like, oh no, I'm here with me. (laughs) I need to do something. (laughs) I need to do something. And so I would give eight massages a day and my car would break down and I would borrow someone <laughs> I would borrow someone else's car and then their car would break down and I was like okay <laughs> no <laughs> I get it you're telling me I should slow down and it's exactly what you said it's it's a whisper and then it screams and so how can we practice slowing down to listen to those more subtle messages and something else is like we know when we have to go to the bathroom we know when we're hungry but the body speaks to us so much more than those bigger like sensations that are obvious. And so when we start to listen to the more subtler sensations, we become more aware when something's talking to us and it's going to keep coming and keep coming until, you know, like you said, exactly it roars. So beginning to quiet the mind meditation. And I, you know, I found that when I was ignoring let's go to the mastermind, for example. Um, I had been in Shosha's world since you took your first um, coaching course back in March of 2020. Um, And I had been like secretly following her, not secretly, but like (laughs) consistently for, you know, a year and a half. And it just kept speaking to me and I kept ignoring it and I kept ignoring it until like 
I started to listen. <laughs> and then the moment that I listened and I said yes to working with her and joining this mastermind at the same time as you, I love it. <laughs> um, so, so beautiful how it weaved together, but that's when everything changed. And I'm like in the process of writing a post, how like hiring her, like was exactly what I needed to do to say yes to myself. And because I had been ignoring that message for so long, it got to a point where it was like the rest of the doors were closed and there was no other option. And it just, it just reminded me that like when something keeps coming up in your life again and again, it's to take that chance because Mm -hmm. staying with what's working is comfortable, but you're not happy. There's that something missing. I love that. I love that you said yes to yourself and that you leaped. Oh, so good. And the other thing that I'll, I'll piggyback on is that I often say to myself, I'm open to the lesson being graceful. Like it doesn't have to get to that huge thing where like my body's in pain or I crashed this or my car broke down or I, you know, had this huge, huge thing. It's like, I'm, I'm open to the lesson being graceful, like let it be graceful. And I'll often say that like when I hop on my scooter, just because of so many scooter accidents, like (laughs) let it be graceful, let it be graceful. And, you know, that's just what you're becoming available for from the universe. You know, you go into a discovery call or something with a, a new client, or you go into something that feels hard, a work conversation or a relationship, you know, obstacle. And you're just like, I'm going to let this be graceful. Like, how can this be the most graceful path? And that's what I'm available for. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when we go to make those bigger transitions or moves can feel big, but if we can let it like the mantra be for it to be graceful and not have to be so like dramatic, it can ease our (sighs) nervous system into doing those things that we're afraid of. And, you know, it's like, (laughs) fear is a good thing. We need fear. It's like fear is what takes us off that like awkward road in, in Bali when we're all by ourselves and, you know, something feels sketchy, <laughs> but also fear of like something we've never done before can feel so big um, until we do it. And then we're like, oh, that wasn't as big as my mind made it. Mm, yes. I want every time. I want to go back to what you said about being around people because I think this was a huge lesson for me was when I realized like my family quote unquote wasn't the way I wanted them to be or I didn't have the depth of connection with them that I desired when I started to get around more like-minded people um, doing yoga moving to Costa Rica, going to Bali, these central vortexes of people that are committed um, to self-growth, self-discovery, becoming. It changed my way in which I realized that like the people that you're around are going to support you in making those bigger decisions. When, <laughs> when you're like me and you, Rea, we're sitting there, we're having the conversation and I tell you, I want to do this thing that most people don't do. You're like, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? Yeah, you should definitely do it. And they're supporting you. Whereas if you're with someone that has a different mindset than those that are committed to doing the thing that scares us, 
they can be like, no, that's not going to work out. What about this? I think you should check into this. And then that can put more deep, like fear and doubt into doing the thing that we feel called to do. And so I think like being around like-minded people is like a complete game changer for really supporting, like doing the thing. Mm. Yes. And it can be triggering when we're around people that encourage us, because if we're sharing, you know, I want to invest $15,000 into this mastermind and they're like, yeah, go for it. That'd be amazing. And then you're like, oh no, I wanted you to say no. (laughs) I wanted you to say that was a terrible idea because it's scary to grow. And it feels like, holy, you know, like the other side, you're like, it feels like fireworks that are like kind of going off inside of you in like a great way, but also like a terrifying, a little bit uncomfortable and, and painful way. So sometimes it's easier. And that's why we stay in those situations with people that are not growing and are not expanding is because it it's almost easier when they say it's not, it's not a great idea or like, oh, that's scary. Or, you know, then you're like, oh, phew, (laughs) you know, you're wiping the sweat off your forehead. You're like, great. Don't have to do it. They told me I didn't have to do it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think you just brought like both sides of it, right? It's like when our subconscious mind wants to share something in hopes that that person will can convince us not to. And yet they just forward. You're like, that's not what I was looking for. (laughs) Yes, this has happened a few times with my husband where like he is the most supportive individual of like anything that I want to do. And sometimes like, I'll just vocalize and be like, I actually so wanted you to say no. (laughs) Oh, dear. I love that. So tell us what's one thing that you would recommend to anyone that's like living on the edge of doing something? They're not sure if it's going to work out. They want to quit their nine to five. They want to move to another country. They want to do a really big move like you've done so many times. How would you invite them to start? What would be like your first step? Figure out. That's a big question. Why? (laughs) Oh, that's okay. I'm into big questions. Um, figure out all the reasons why it will work out and it's a great idea and it's going to be the best thing you've ever done instead of all the reasons why it wouldn't work out. So write that list. And then as a second piece, get support, like be in sisterhood, be in community, invest in that thing, even though you're like, oh, I want to save money and I want to move across the world or whatever. Like it's so much easier to, to let it be graceful and, and receive support whilst doing that and have people backing you and in your corner and like making it, feel like you're taking shortcuts because they've done that exact same thing. And yeah, that, that would be it. Figure out why it's going to work out and why it's the best decision you're going to make and hone in on, on the feeling and walking yourself through that while surrounded by community and sisterhood. Mm, and that sparked just one more question. I think like, <laughs> yeah, yes to support and yes to, you know, writing all the reasons why, what happens, Rhea, if I have like a money block and I'm like, can I invest in this thing? And I don't know what's going to work out. I know you've done it so many times and I, I walk alongside you in that and investing and letting go. But I also know like a lot of my listeners out there can be like, yeah, but like I need to save the money. I need to have the security. I don't know. What is your work or your advice on working through money mindset? I like to bring up this moment of a choice point where you ask yourself, if you stay exactly where you're at now, what's going to happen? You'll stay, 
you know, you'll stay in this job, you'll stay in this relationship, you'll stay in, in feeling like you don't have enough or the alternative being, and then I, I, I always let them answer, like, what would be the alternative? But the answers are then, oh, you know, I'd actually make a change or I'd actually, I'd actually change, like, I would create a new reality for myself. I'd do the edgy thing. I'd start to live in this way that I actually really want to, but I, I don't really know how to. So um, I think it, it can actually just be as simple as either you invest and you grow or you don't invest and you keep reading the same books, you keep listening to the same podcasts. And maybe this is a little bit of tough love, but I hope you feel it from my heart where for me, it's been a no-brainer. Like the the jump from reading books, doing uh, podcasts, like all your own self-course work into being in a container that you're like, holy shit, this was a really big investment for me. And at the time, like my, my first investment was, I guess it wasn't that low. It was 6K, 6K US and... I was so scared, but just seeing the benefit and, and trusting that you'll find a benefit on the other side. Mm, yes, expansive containers, just to let you all know, me and Rhea are in a mastermind where we work with a woman alongside her where she charges $100,000 for her six month package. And I was like, holy cow, am I in the wrong place right now? <laughs> yeah. So then it just becomes this energy exchange where, where that was the, the shift for me when I invested at that high level for the first time where I was like, it's actually not like what I, cause I, I, I was getting caught in, Oh, I could put this towards a car or a house, or I should save this for whatever. And seeing it like that, the return of investment and focusing in on that is going to be so significant. And like, I'm in this life for more like more of everything, more pleasure, more love, more friends, more cacao, more money, more everything. And if I don't invest, then I'm not going to get the more like it, it just doesn't work. Yes, I'm so here to more and Rhea, how can the listeners get more of Rhea? Where can we find you? What are you up to these days? Oh, I would love to connect with each of you on Instagram. That's my favorite place to hang out. Um, so at Raylin is my handle. And to learn more about my group programs, as well as one-to-one containers, you can yeah find through my Instagram, my website, which is just raylin.com. So I have a live, which is my amazing, beautiful six-week program for women that's going to be uh, probably enrolling as this podcast episode airs. So so please reach out to me about that. You can also find a lot of free resources on my website. Um, so I'd love you to dive into those as well. Mm, thank you. And don't worry, I'll put those in the show notes. And as always, the most important sacred long-lasting relationship that you'll ever have is the one with yourself. So nourish it. Get surrounded by people that love you, that support you, and that also give you a little tough love. We'll see you on the next episode. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insights. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, www.facebook.com slash groups slash yoga for inner peace to learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you wanting to better their lives to better their communities. 
Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hackberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship, first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.